from my German accent. I can't do with me, and I'm proud of it because I am German after all. So, if I sound funny to you, that's because I am German, and uh, I cultivate my accent very much so. And I know already that one person told me that she won't listen to my sermon today because she is memorizing and uh, reminiscence with her grandmother. She came from Germany, and my accent reminds her of it, and I love it. And I bring her back to this wonderful time because there's no better time than when you sit with your grandparents together, right, posing on their lip, uh, hips and sitting there and uh, remember the good times. So I'm glad that I can take you back a little bit. But I hope that some of you stay with me today because we have a pulpit switch. Mark and I, we decided that we switch pulpits today and that's a treat because usually when you serve a church, you don't have a lot of opportunities visiting other churches and being with them and worshiping with them. So thank you so much for having me. St. Paul's is sending their readings and love to y'all. And, uh, and I know that Mark has a blast down there because 10 years ago he was there uh, as an interim pastor and I'm sure they're having a good time together. But I'm sure we will have a good time too. So in this way, um, we are here and I know that in two weeks you have Consecration Sunday, right? That's when the church pledges to the annual budget. And for pastors, it's always odd to preach about money in front of their own congregation because it feels like a little bit asking you to pay me. But today I'm standing in front of you and we will talk money and I'm not asking you to pay me. Let's see how we do because in Deuteronomy we heard that giving we should do with uh, joyful hearts and celebration. We should be happy about it. And Paul reminds the Corinthians as well that God loves a cheerful giver. But if we are honest and if we are talking money and if you are not different to any other church that I visited and if you are not different to me than some weeks ago, we don't talk money good in church. That is something that we don't like, right? Because that's personal, right? How much I give is personal. And that is my decision. I'm not here to change that. So I'm not here to say who's giving $10 a week, $20 a month. That's still your business. But just because we think that's a private matter doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about money. But when we talk about money and we look at money, it's always something, it's like paying bills. That's something that we ought to, we should do. And we want to do this because somehow in the Bible it says that we should pay the tenth, the tithing, and it's part of Christian being. So we do this. But are we really doing this with a cheerful heart? Are we really thinking, wow, I'm so happy and delighted and so excited to put my check in the offering plate? We haven't had the offering yet, but I'm sure if we would have had the offering before, your faces wouldn't be cheerful. And smiling and saying, wow, I'm so happy that I love to give. So let's see if we can change that too. My giving journey from Germany is different to here. Um, in Germany, you pay church tax. So even before I get my amount in my account that I work as a pastor, my church offering was already taken out. I didn't even know it's a percentile that a percentage that you pay 
depending on your income, goes to the church. So even before, you know, I didn't even know how much I paid. So if somebody would have asked me, how much do you pay every month? I was like, ugh, 13? I don't know. I, I have no idea. So there was really no relation to my giving and the work of the church. No relation whatsoever. So, as I said, 11 years ago we came to the United States and all of a sudden it changed because no taxes. I had to decide how much I gave. And all of a sudden the giving became something else because I had to sit down and thinking, how much do I want to give from my money that I have? Right? And giving became something else. I had to think about for what will I give? Is it worth giving? And how much money do we have, my husband and I, and how we have three children? You know, we budget. How much do we want to give, right? And if you do your budgeting too, it is always a question how much and what can we afford. Still, the cheerfulness is not kicking in. Still, there is no cheer whatsoever. And we met, not literally, but in the radio and in books, uh, the, the guy Dave Ramsey. And he talked about, you know, about minimizing your debt and what, you know, and all of a sudden he started saying, you know, you should always give. Don't forget to give because the blessing will be <coughs> Still not your fault. We're still not. And so, but apparently giving and living, giving and blessing relate to one another. Then we came from Utah all the way down here. And I became the pastor of St. Paul's. And now we are running a fundraiser campaign because we want to renovate our fellowship hall. And we have to talk money. Still not asking how much they are giving, but all of a sudden, there is this fear that we're not getting the money together and that, you know, budget, general budget and fundraiser at the same time. No cheerfulness and delight whatsoever because more fear of, how do we get this all together? And how do we finance our everyday life as a church and additionally raising $250,000? How does this work? And we work together with a professional fundraiser. And I learned something very important from him. That we have to talk about money. And that one thing that Jesus talked the most about besides the kingdom of God was money. Everything related in Jesus' mission is related to money. Just imagine Jesus would have walked around, traveled around with his friends, and go to other people's houses, and those people would have said, no, you're not coming in. If they wouldn't have been willing to take him in and spend time and money of hosting at least 12 people in the house. Now we're talking money, because if I shop at your house with 12 people, you're not set up. You will go to the grocery store and buy food. You will see that they somehow get a place to rest, that they have everything. You will spend money on those 12 people. And when Jesus says, go out and let us eat, they went out and they bought food. Healing, all that was about money. That people were willing to spend money because they believed in the vision and in the mission of Jesus what he did. And so there were those behind the scene people who would pay Jesus to walk and travel around Israel to make sure that he is safe 
with that, all the other disciples. Because they stopped working too. We remember the fishermen, they left everything behind and traveled with Jesus. Imagine the same with Paul and Peter. When they traveled around the Mediterranean Sea, they had people who supported their mission and their vision, who supported to spread the word of the Lord by paying their travel because they left everything behind. They couldn't work to gain the money, to earn the money to do the traveling. There were people who invested in them. There were people who believed that the good news needs to be spread all over the world, and we are talking money here. Money, we don't see. Money well invested in the word of the Lord to be spread all over the world. And from the Mediterranean Sea, they came across the Atlantic Ocean to the United States and even further. There are always people who want to go out and always people who are willing to invest, invest financially into that vision to share and spread the word. So we are talking definitely money. And apparently the money is related to the kingdom of God because what we do with the money is to build the kingdom of God here and now. As Jesus did by traveling around Israel, Paul and Peter traveling around the Mediterranean Sea, and then the missionaries and the pilgrims coming over to share and spread the word here, and sending out co-workers and mission to share the good news with others all over the world. That's money. Money is helping to build the kingdom of God because it is tightly connected to the word of God that we can share this with others. We couldn't do this without money. We couldn't do this without people investing in the beliefs and in the vision of others. That is stewardship. That is stewardship, not only to give time and volunteer hands, if not somebody is willing to pay something to put into the hands so that we can volunteer. We cannot build houses for habitat of humanity if there are people willing to donate. Yesterday, I went with my confirmation class to, um, to Pines Presbyterian Church. They packed meals for Feed My Starving Children. We packed over 22,000 uh, servings of meals yesterday in two hours. It was around about 600 pounds of rice that we put in bags. And then food and fruits and vitamins and everything else. We volunteer time. But there were others volunteering money so that they could buy the food that we were able to put in those packages. And when this is shared with the children all over the world, they feel the love that we have for them while we're packing it. And feel that the kingdom of God reaches out to them. Slowly I'm getting excited about giving. Because I see that my money is not only going to the necessity of supporting something that I don't relate to. All of a sudden, I see that my money does good. That my money all of a sudden can change the world. My money can feed other children all over the world. Are we getting a little bit excited? I hope so. Because what our money does is share and spread the love of God. That's what our money does. Share and spread the love of God. Because if we wouldn't do that, the love of God couldn't reach the Bahamas where they're still suffering from the hurricane and they're in dire state of 
anything, food, water, supplies that the group wouldn't give, they would be in dire straits still. And they're still rebuilding and they still need a lot of love, but our prayers doesn't do it only. Prayers and giving time, volunteer time, and money. All this to build the kingdom of God. Now going back to St. Paul's, still not cheerful in giving, and I don't know if you're still with me in giving. What this professional fundraiser gentleman made me do was to sit down and list all what we do at St. Paul's. So I thought I'd do this for you too, and I went to your website. And all of a sudden, I saw what you do. You might think that you're a small church, but you're mighty in giving, because next week you have the Deacon's Fund offering, right? That's where you give money to help the community in medical bills, in grocery bills, in electricals. You, your money, shares the love of God with people in need. And then you have a new mission, Annie, for everybody, which I know that it is funny, but thinking that a lot of children don't wear underwears because they cannot afford it and because parents think that they don't have to buy this because nobody will see them. And the kids feel uncomfortable. You do a great mission there, giving the children the feeling that they're safe and that they're comfortable sitting in school to learn. That's huge. <coughs> and then you're doing so much work with your elementary school right here, where you're sitting down, you're, you're treating the teachers with breakfast, and then you're sitting down with children. I think you do some reading and some helping there. That's what I read on your website. That's wonderful sharing the love of God with others. But the breakfast needs to be paid, so I'm sure somebody is chipping in. Right? And when you do the fundraiser, Super Bowl of giving, or Super Bowl of giving, yes, and then there's the peanut butter and jam for camp, where you invest again buying stuff so that people can buy the soup or the peanut butter and jam, and so those proceeds go to the food pantry here. That's where you put your money into your hand to share the love of God because the recipient who will be fed all of a sudden feels that they are not alone, that there are people caring for them. That's how we share the word of God, and that is what we do with money. So, you can be really excited because if you wouldn't do this, who would? What you do is building the kingdom of God all around here. If you wouldn't do this, who would build the kingdom of God on your behalf? Probably nobody. So you're missing out. Those kids that receive the underwear, the teachers receiving the breakfast, thinking, oh, I'm fat to go back into the class to handle the stress of the children, the sadness they are coming with because their homes are not as pleasant as we all would think and they have to carry it those children through the days, making sure that they learn their lessons so that they can pass the test that they're coming home proud that they learn something today. This is what you do if you're building the kingdom of God right here, right now, serving your neighbors. That is fantastic. <coughs> and you should be excited about it because if you wouldn't do this, who else would do it? You are the one. God is calling you to do that service. So be excited like the, the 
to give their harvest. But I assume that you're not farmers. So you're not having the harvest to give to the Lord, but you're having your money to give to the Lord. Because this money does good in that community and builds the kingdom of God right here, right now. And that is where we come to the cheerful giver, because that's exciting. God invites us to build on his kingdom. He's not inviting anybody. He's inviting us personally to do that with our time and our money. Because that's how we share the love of God. Because if we don't do this, how else can God share the love of God? He needs our hands. He needs our willingness to share what we have with others. So, I hope that you're getting slowly there thinking, well, if I budget now, God doesn't get my leftover that I have after I paid off my mortgage, my car, my gas, my utility bills, my water, utility, and then my food, and then I do my leisure time, my hobbies, and then I do this and this, and then oh, and then I have something left that is for God. Put this all the way up before you pay the mortgage pay to God. And think about what you're doing here at Heritage Presbyterian Church because you do great things and that is needed. How much is this worth for you? How much is this worth for you to keep that building, kingdom building going? And be excited that you're part of it. Because if you want to be here, that what you do. And I know that I just got a partial view of what you're doing. You can fill in the blanks what else you're all doing. That is exciting. And you can be proud of it. So your money in two weeks, when you put in the flashcard, is not to do personnel only. Your money is building the kingdom of God right here, right now. And God does not deserve the leftovers. When God blesses us, those are not the leftovers that he has. God has all the blessings for us. So let's bless God with our offering. Then we do cheerful and excited. So I charge you, when you go home, sit down for a moment. Write what you think or what you gave last year. Look what Heritage does. Look what you do in this community. How wonderful it is and how you change lives. And look then at the number again. Maybe you want to update it because it's so worth giving because you share the love of God and you are part of building the kingdom of God here in Cyprus and around the world. Don't underestimate what you're doing. God does not underestimate you. God put you where you need to be. So answer that with a cheerful giving and become the blessing that this community needs.